0: hello everyone welcome to another episode of exploring arts podcast a florida international university student podcast for the creative and curious i'm your host amber and i am very pleased to have destiny here along with me
1: destiny say hi hello everyone welcome to exploring art podcast today we are discussing a poetry a portrait by Caravaggio, one of the two most famous paintings of his work in the Saracci Chapel named for the Saracci family. This painting is known as the conversion of St. Paul. Commenting on Caravaggio's conversion of St. Paul was the 19th century critic, Jacob Burkhardt. He wrote, how coarsely Caravaggio could compose and feel. The conversion of St. Paul shows where the horse nearly fills the whole of the picture. The art connoisseur Bernard Berenson describes the picture as thus, we are to interpret this charade of the conversion of Paul, nothing more inappropriate than the importance given to the horse over the rider, to dumb beasts over saint, no trace of a miraculous occurrence of supreme importance. Writing a few years later, the art historian Rudolf Whitaker asserted in his his conversion of St. Paul, he rendered vision solely on the level of inner illumination. Reformers Cavaggio pleaded through his pictures for a man's direct gnosis, which means to have the knowledge of spiritual mysteries of the divine. Like them, he regarded elimination by God as a tangible experience on a purely human level. If Whitaker was right, Burkhart and Berenson have completely misinterpreted the work by making too much of the horse. If Burkhart and Berenson were right, Whitaker is wrong and the horse cannot be ignored.
0: Well, let's talk some more about Caravaggio and who he was. Who's Carvascio? His full name was Michelangelo Marici da Carvascio. He was born in Milan on September 28, 1571 and died on July 18, 1610. Carvascio was a controversial and influential Italian artist. Carvascio was most active in Rome, where his work became popular for the tenebrism technique he used. This technique used shadows to emphasize lighter areas. Caravaggio was considered one of the fathers of modern painting. In his painting, The Conversion of St. Paul, we can see how Caravaggio light highlights Paul's face while keeping the rest of the painting in the dark as if nothing else mattered in the frame. We see the person who is tending to the horse and it is noticeable that his face is not the main focus of the painting. It is just part of the background. The gloominess of the painting is evident because of the darkness of the background and the lack of light everywhere else, except on Paul's body. Destiny, identify a group that this painting would be relevant and to and why.
1: So Amber, Excuse me. I would say that this group would be most relevant to either Christians or any religious groups for that matter. Um, The reason why is because according to the New Testament, an event in the life of Paul, the apostle that led him to cease persecution of early Christians and to become a follower of Jesus. St. Paul is often considered to be the most important person after Jesus in the history of Christianity. Amber, how would you judge or describe the work by Caravaggio?
0: Okay, in the portrait, Caravaggio placed Paul on his back in a pool of light, just after having been struck from his horse by a divine thunderbolt. His patient... Heavy horse and loyal retainer stand beside him, half-shrouded in the shadow, as he experiences the mystical truth of Christ's entire life, from Alpha to Omega, in an ecstasy of revelation, mimed by his gesture and position. Helpless as the newborn Jesus was at the Nativity, a baby in a man in a manger, yet with his arms simultaneously outflung as Christ would be on the cross.
1: So as you guys can see, um, this portrait refers to Jesus on the cross. Um, So apparently there's some similarity there. But referring back to our case study, there are some great historians and art connoisseurs who had some remarks on on the portrait such as Jacob Burkhart, Bernard Berenson, and Rudolf Whitaker. For those of you who don't know or who are wondering, a connoisseur is a person who has a great deal of knowledge about the fine arts. Someone who can instantly spot quality in art in all its subtle gradations. So now me and Amber are gonna go into a bit more detail about these three men describing them, what their life was like, and what their work was like.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Destiny. Okay, so first we're going to talk about Jacob Burkhardt. Who was he? Burkhardt was born May 25th, 1818 in Basel, Switzerland. His most notorious work is the civilization of the Renaissance in Italy. One of the first great historians of art and culture, Burkhardt, Burkhard was the son of a Protestant clergyman. Markedly romantic at first, in later years, Burkhard's religious ideas revealed their classical inspiration and, advancing a profound respect for human destiny, came to underlie his concept of history. Jacob Burkhard explains in his writing, Civilizations of the Renaissance in Italy, that the Renaissance was the transition from medieval times to modern times. Medieval times in which everyone's focus was all about religion, and modern times where people shifted their focus to include learning, rationality, and realism. During this time, reaching salvation was the most important thing in society, but then the Renaissance came around and other things like self-fulfillment and reaching personal goals became just as important as salvation, oftentimes competing with it. Burkhard studied at the University of Berlin from 1839 to 1843. In the age of Constantine the Great, Burkhard presented a picture of a transitional period which consisted of immorality within the people Yet, during this time, people were, were well aware and valued religion and engaged in cultural activities. Ricard understood that the rise of Christianity was inevitable and that it was necessary for the development of an, <clears throat> an original culture during the Middle Ages. He still profoundly preferred the ancient
1: world. Thank you so much for that, Amber. Now we are gonna talk about Bernard Berenson. Berenson was born June 26, 1865 in Vilnius, Lithuania. He was an American art historian and he critiqued plenty of work, especially of the Italian Renaissance art. Berenson attended the Harvard University from which he graduated in 1887. His first book, The Venetian Painters of the Renaissance in 1894, displayed a concise writing style. He also endured the qualities of a discriminating eye, exceptional memory, perceptive intelligence, and humanistic learning. For a time, he was an advisor to the international art dealer, Lord Dufin, and his opinion was often sought in the purchase of paintings. This just goes to show the importance of his opinion um, or even his critiquing to others. Many masterpieces now in American museums were bought upon his recommendation.
0: Well, now we're gonna talk about Rudolf Widower. Rudolf was born in June 22nd, 1901 in Berlin, Germany. German born, he was a British architectural historian. Rudolf specialized in Italian Renaissance and Baroque art and architecture. He was educated in Berlin and Munich. He spent from 1923 to 1933 at the Biblioteca Herziana, Rome, where he worked with the director E. Steinman on an annotated bibliography of Michelangelo. 1927 and acquired his unrivaled knowledge of Italian art and architecture. As a result of his studies, he published the important catalog of Bernini's drawings in 1931, which was to prepare the ground for his giant Lorenzo Bernini. It was while working on Bernini that he turned his attention to the study of architecture, publishing a learned paper on Michelangelo's dome of St. Peter's and followed this with a study of the Laurentian Library, Florence, in which he discussed mannerism and architecture. So with that being said, how do we decide which of these writers is right? What do you think, Destiny?
1: So I think that we can both agree that Whitaker was right. And um, Burkhart and Berenson have completely misinterpreted the work by making too much of the horse. However, I can say that the subject of this picture in short is basically what the picture looks like. It's basically whatever the image is trying to portray at the time. Some groups believe that works of art can educate us about specific matters more viably than normalized instructing techniques. For example, consider craftsmanship or art as a successful vehicle for moral schooling. Others feel that craftsmanship shows us how to perceive and manage passionate states. In any case, the individual who holds such perspectives ought to be set up to explain how words or pictures, or even sound, when coordinated canvases or music acquire a special capacity to teach morality or to give us insight into the nature of our emotions. Our usual tests for truth and falsehood are designed to apply to statements of theory or fact. So in order to understand different works, I think that we must learn first to learn special symbol systems or the iconographies of different cultures and stylistic periods in the histories of different arts. To understand how artwork is, sorry, to understand artwork is to understand which symbol systems are relevant and how they work. So with that being said, Amber, what do you think? Who do you think, um, which one of these great writers do you think was right? Well,
0: Destiny, even though um, Burkhard and Berenson were to the point with their their judgment about the painting and they're very qualified to critique and say whatever they wanted about the paintings, and it, they probably have a crowd of people that agree with them as well. But I have to side with Widower because I believe that he interpreted the picture to be just as it is. Um, I think that he he saw the, the painting for what it was and the other two critiquers, they saw the painting and they automatically assumed that the painting was about the horse and it was really about Saint.
1: So I have a question. Do you think that the fact that the horse was um, over St. Paul or made bigger than St. Paul in the portrait, do you think that has to do with the fact of they misinterpreted the actual portrait? Or do you think that has anything to do with their opinions on the portrait? I think the one thing that
0: misled them was the horse because since the horse is bigger um they they got drawn their attention got drawn to the horse but really the horse was just it was there to portray the magnitude of saint pete's uh fall and i think that widower realized that and that is why he was the one I agree with. What do you think, Destiny? Do you think the horse had anything to do with the critique of Burnson and Burkhart?
1: Yes, I think that, as you said, it did affect their um, opinion. I think that the fact that it was standing over um, St. Paul, that it kind of distracted them from what uh, occurred. what the actual artist was trying to portray in the exactly. in But the, the
0: thing that guided me the most was the fact that he was highlighted as well as the horse but his face was the main focus of the whole painting as you could have seen the other man who was standing by the horse he was there and you could see his face but he was part of the background and St Paul was what the whole painting was
1: about Yes, I, I agree. I think that, um, especially with him being on the floor, it kind of placed more of a importance to him as why is he on the floor? What is it that he's trying to say or portray in the painting? I think that too much attention was given to the horse because um, it was bigger or standing over him. But I do agree and I think that Whitaker interpretation of the painting is correct. Um, I think that before the um, Baronson and Burkhart can say what they said, that they should probably try to, you know, figure out, well, why is he laying on the floor? What is it that the art that the artist is trying to show through the painting?
0: <laughs> exactly. And I think the thing that Burnson and Burkhard, uh missed about the painting is the fact that the horse is over him, but it's not shadowing him. Even though he is under the horse, he's still the focus. The light is still on him. You could see his facial features. You could see him reaching over um, you could see his knees up. You could, you could see all of him. You could see that his helmet fell off and you could see his vulnerability. And I think that's a key piece that Widower understood and saw that Burnson and Burkhardt did not see.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that also goes back to what we were discussing earlier um, about, give me one second, when we were discussing um, how, like, basically our background knowledge, it it affects how we interpret art.
0: Of course, of course. It, I think the reason why they both had the same mindset was the fact that they could back each other's argument because they agreed with each other. Bernstein mm-hmm. and Burckhardt, since they both thought that um, the painting was about the horse they gave each other reason to believe that because they weren't standing alone. But Woodrow had um, the courage that Brunson and Burkhardt did not have. He stood by his ideas. And um, nowadays we agree with him, but maybe back in his time, people thought that he was crazy and that Brunson and Burkhardt had a great point.
1: Yes, I agree completely and I just want to say that um I feel like with him being on the floor was kind of like a cry for help in the painting and that um it was trying to show some type of tragedy or something that was going on or cry for help um so like you said basically I agree and I think that um, Whitaker is right by standing by his opinion and
0: yeah I think Caravaggio knew exactly what he was doing when he placed Pain. paint, uh, uh, the Saint Paul on the floor because it, it gave us more of an intimate and personal feel yes. about the painting he was super close to us he was at arm's distance and um i think that gave a lot of value to what widower was saying about the painting but with all of that being said if you don't have anything else to add destiny nope that's all okay so i want to thank you all for joining us and thank you so much destiny for being with me today i really appreciate it this concludes our exploring arts podcast please subscribe to Exploring Arts Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening and please join us soon. And remember, stay curious.